Hello everyone, welcome back to Astrology Now podcast. My name is Christine Rodriguez and this is our full moon forecast, which you know I always look forward to recording and it's actually my birthday when I'm recording this and I couldn't imagine a better incarnation day activity. So thank you so much for being here and uh, celebrating with me. It's always exciting to you know, as, as astrologers, we love cycles, right? So birthdays for anybody is always an exciting time, at least in my opinion. So again, thank you for being here. And we are discussing the full moon on May 7th, 2020 that is coming up. And before we do get too far into this, I want to say that I have not forgotten about the Nakshatra series. I know that I was doing them pretty consistently for a while and then I stopped they still exist. I still have them. I have already recorded every single one of them. I just need to publish them. And I've been doing interviews with people. And once I do an interview, I get really excited and I just want to publish it right away. And so I'm just trying to find a better balance of when I'm going to publish those. I may start doing like two times a week or something like that again, but they are coming I promise. <laughs> I'm sorry that it's kind of getting delayed a little bit. Thank you for being patient. So getting into this full moon happening May 7th, 2020, around 5.44 a.m. Keeping in mind, I do follow the Vedic sidereal system and I do reside in Austin, Texas. So the time I use is going to be central standard time. And this is the month. I feel like for the past several podcasts, I kept on saying there's going to be a lot of retrogrades in May, but just hold tight. We'll talk about it when it comes and it's finally come. So we're going to have a little bit longer of a segment today so that we can talk about these retrogrades, what to watch out for, and maybe some good practices that will be helpful for you. So starting off with our full moon, as always, taking place on May 7th. The moon is going to be in the sign of Libra, but more specifically, the moon is going to be in the nakshatra of Vishaka. And Vishaka roughly translates into forked. And when we think about a fork, it goes off in two directions, okay? And this is related to this nakshatra having two deities associated with it. And so one is Indra, who is the king of the gods, very powerful deity. And then we have Agni, which is the purifying fire within us. And so we get this really strong connotation with yang energy. Um, some may say masculine energy. I kind of try to stay away from masculine feminine, but very yang, driven, ambitious, moving forward. This nakshatra is very highly associated with achievement, and success. They are known for pursuing their goals until the end. If you know someone who has a very powerful Vishaka energy, rather they have any planets in Vishaka or you know moon in Vishaka, they're going to be very ambitious a lot of the time, very driven, very goal-oriented. Now there is also a brutality that's associated with Vishaka because it's also known for not being afraid to push others out of its way if it means success. They can be a little bit cold in that way. And so this full moon particularly, it's going to be in Vishaka, so it's already a little bit hot. Um, 
you know, you may feel like you're boiling over with energy in a way. It's also going to be receiving a Saturn aspect. It's going to be receiving Saturn's 10th aspect in the night sky. And it's going to be receiving Rahu's fifth aspect. So we have this moon, it's already hot. Now it's receiving aspect from Saturn and it's receiving aspect of Rahu. Saturn can bring this desire to be disciplined and structured and organized, but it can also bring a little bit of a heaviness, sometimes a little bit of a melancholy. Rahu can bring a little bit of an obsessiveness, maybe a little bit of a compulsion, sometimes a little bit of a neuroses, okay? So May 7th may feel a little intense. We may feel a little bit of pressure. My recommendation, honestly, because the traditional recommended um, auspicious activities for Vishaka are actually things like warlike activities and anything that involves aggression. And so I'm by no means supporting anyone to do warlike activities or anything that involves aggression. I think that trying to channel this heated energy in a productive way, maybe doing a HIIT workout at home or doing a dance video online, doing something that gets your body moving, gets your energy flowing, just kind of moving that energy around because if it's just sitting in you and stagnating, it may bubble up, it may result in an argument, it may result in disputes and we want to neutralize that, especially as astrologers and people who follow astrology, because we can expect that the energy is going to be a little intense, we can plan ahead and neutralize it. We don't have to buy into it. Okay. That's kind of the magic of astrology. So, and when we think about the energy of the full moon, just thinking about what the full moon is, is it's when the moon and the sun are directly across from one another and the moon is receiving as much light from the sun as it can. It's reached its full capacity of light. And so after it hits that degree point in which it's completely across from the sun, it's only going to go down from here, right? The light is slowly going to be stripped away from the moon so that the moon can wane and return back to its new moon phase, its new moon cycle, okay? So this energy is very supportive in letting things go, releasing what no longer serves us, right? If we set that intention with the full moon, the only place it has to go is down. So it's a wonderful time to do a little personal inventory, you know, set up a little full moon ceremony for yourself, get a journal, get a pen, and maybe write down literally what is no longer serving you. And you know, if writing doesn't work, you can also just kind of sit and meditate and think about it. There's something about writing and getting it on paper that, in my opinion, helps materialize it and actualize it and makes it a little bit easier to change, but that's my personal experience. So releasing what no longer serves you, and this can be physical. You could literally get rid of things around your house that are being a clutter. You can clean your closet. You can get rid of furniture that is no longer helpful or supportive, just taking up space. You can also release habits. If there are habits that have been lurking or sticking, this moon is going to be very powerful in helping you begin to let go of those habits. If you're struggling with addiction, working towards releasing those addictions. Now, it can also be emotional. 
right? Or mental. I think that so many of us struggle with negative self-talk or phrases or words that kind of pop up in our head and they instill beliefs that may or may not be true. You know, and so for me, this is something that I definitely work with a lot is these automatic thoughts that don't have a lot of reality based in them. And I'm actually going to share a practice that's derived from CBT, which is cognitive behavioral therapy. And this is by no means meant to replace therapy. I'm not promoting doing therapy on yourself. If this sounds like a triggering exercise for any reason, I recommend discussing it with a mental health professional or your therapist, seeing if it's something that sounds good for you. But again, this is a simple like journaling exercise that is in no way, shape or form supposed to replace therapy. When you have these automatic thoughts, right? I think that something a lot of us struggle with are phrases that will pop up in our head and they reaffirm beliefs. And so an example of that, and unfortunately, I feel like that this is something a lot of people struggle with, is hearing like, I'm not good enough, I'm not lovable, like, oh, why would I even try? I'm not going to succeed, or why would I try? Nobody cares, right? We like sometimes have these patterns of thoughts that are automatic. And so in CBT, it's all about tracking the automatic thoughts, the thoughts that pop up in your head without you really putting a lot of effort into them. And the good automatic thoughts, those aren't a problem. We only want to track the thoughts that cause distress, okay? Because if it's good, there's nothing to fix. But if it's causing you distress, these are the ones that we want to look for. And so when we track those automatic thoughts, right, you write them down, like for example, I'm not lovable, and then we think about the emotions that come with it. So for example, the automatic thought of I'm not good enough, and then you notice that when that automatic thought arises, you feel instantly sad. And then when you feel instantly sad, you notice that you don't reach out to anybody. You stop texting your friends because maybe you feel that you're not worthy and then that contributes to sadness. And so this practice is changing the way in which our automatic thoughts influence our emotions and influence our actions, essentially. And so if you can replace those automatic thoughts with something positive, like you hear it come into your mind, I'm not good enough, okay? And then you change it. Actually, I am good enough. I am worthy of love. I am worthy of affection. It's automatically going to change the way that you feel and it's probably going to change the way in which you interact with the world. And so it's stopping the automatic thoughts from seeping into your emotions, seeping into your behavior, and then creating your reality. And the more that you practice, the easier it's going to be because we're literally changing your brain patterns and changing the way in which it is functioning. And in my opinion, what compassionate practice and what a beautiful practice to utilize with the full moon energy. It's going to be supportive in letting go of these thoughts that are no longer helpful and creating space for something new. And once we are aware of it and we literally materialize it by putting it onto paper, in my opinion, it really does help release the power of it because we're seeing that it's just an automatic thought. It isn't rooted in reality. It has no power over us. It doesn't define who we are. It just simply is what it is. It's something that was instilled in us for whatever reason. It deserves compassion. And now it's the time to let it go. 
And so once you write it down, once you notice it, when you hear it pop up in your mind, it's going to become a little bit easier to recognize. And then we can begin replacing it with positive thoughts. Like, actually, I am good enough. Actually, I'm going to try until I succeed. You know, actually, I know that I'm worthy. And even if nobody else loves me, I love me, and that's enough. So this is something that I like to do. Hopefully, you'll find it helpful as well. And so the rest of the night sky, you know, there's a lot happening. Mars is going to move into the sign of Aquarius on May 4th. That's going to be a relief in my opinion because Mars is going to move out of its exaltation point. It's going to move away from Saturn and away from Jupiter. Now, Mars is also going to move to the planet Neptune. And Neptune is all about illusion and deception. It represents something that is not real but appears real. And so we may begin to see some interesting things come out, um, some realizations in the media. My advice is to really take it easy. Don't believe everything that you hear right away. Do the best that you can to preserve your energy. Do the best that you can to control your actions and take care of yourself. The next several months are going to be very confusing and not very helpful mentally, in my opinion. And so really taking care of yourself as well as you can. I think by the end of the year, we're going to have a lot more clarity on everything. So take everything with stride. And the retrograde. So when we hear retrograde, we typically think of Mercury retrograde because Mercury is constantly retrograding. It retrogrades like three to four times a year. But this month, we're going to have Saturn, Jupiter, and Venus turn retrograde. And these don't retrograde as often, particularly Venus. So Saturn retrogrades about uh, every eight months. Jupiter retrogrades about every nine months. And Venus retrogrades every 18 months. So Venus hardly ever retrogrades. And in my opinion, when Venus retrogrades, people really feel it. Like I've seen Venus retrograde do a lot of really fascinating things. So we'll get into it. Saturn is going to retrograde first on May 10th, and it will retrograde from May 10th to September 29th. And Saturn is all about commitment, effort, work, structure. This is going to be the time to look at your commitments, reflect on your commitments. It may even be a time where you feel your commitments are somewhat challenged or you question your commitments, okay? So it's going to make us, remember, retrogrades bring about qualities of RE. So reflection, revision, revisiting, revitalizing, restoring, um, it has a lot to do with going back, doing it again. And so when Saturn goes retrograde, it's going to bring about these qualities to everything that Saturn represents. Okay, now this Saturn can also represent government and structure, so just keep that in mind. Now, Jupiter is going to retrograde from May 14th until September 12th, and Jupiter is you know, it's our optimism. It what It's what inspires us. It's our gurus. It's our teachers and our teachings. It's kind of like what we follow in a lot of ways. When Jupiter retrogrades, we may find 
that we're kind of questioning our beliefs. We may find ourselves questioning the things that we've been following or adhering to, okay? And so watch out for that. Now, Venus, oh man, oh Venus. Venus is going to retrograde from May 13th until June 15th. When Venus retrogrades, this tends to bring relationship issues up. If you're in a relationship, you may find that relationship issues that you had from the past emerge. And a more um, powerful way to frame this is that relationship issues are going to arise and it will give us the opportunity to confront them and work through them so that we do not have to face them anymore, right? It's kind of like a spring cleaning almost for relationships and the energy in relationships. Now, Venus can also bring exes back from the past. It may bring exes back into your psyche. You may be wanting to reach out to them. They may be reaching out to you. Um, You may meet someone who you really feel like you've met before and you swear they're so familiar to you, but you haven't met them yet. At least you think. You may know them from a past life. Okay, Venus retrograde has a tendency to bring people from the past or from past lives so that we can reconcile relationship karma. And so our commitments are going to be experiencing retrograde, you know, our inspiration and teachings and beliefs are going to be retrograding, our relationships are going to be retrograding. In general, it's going to feel like we're having struggles moving forward. It's going to feel like we can't move forward. It's going to feel frustrating. It's going to feel confusing. And so something that I recommend on a personal level is before these planets go retrograde, right? Before May 10th, if you're listening to this before May 10th, I really, really advise you to do this, is getting very clear with your intentions getting very clear with what you know you're committed to, what you know you want to stay committed to. Get clear on your relationships. Get clear on what you want. You know, do you want to stay in the relationship that you're in? Are you thinking about changing your relationship? Focus on your teachings. Focus on what you know inspires you, what you know you want to continue to follow. Because when these planets go retrograde, it's going to shake things up, and at least you'll have this written down somewhere that you can turn to and know that if you just hold on to it, these planets are going to go direct, the energy is going to release, okay? Now, I should also say that when planets are retrograde, it's not a good time to make decisions. When Saturn is retrograding, I do not recommend making any big commitments or breaking any big commitments. When Venus retrogrades, I do not recommend getting in a relationship. I've seen this millions of times. I'm exaggerating. I've seen this many times. (laughs) When Venus retrogrades and somebody gets into a relationship, it does not typically last. So do not commit during this time. Do not break up during this time. When Jupiter is retrograding, I don't recommend starting any new spiritual practices or I do not recommend straying from a spiritual practice during this time. This is probably when you're going to need that practice the most. Even if you feel unmotivated, I really encourage you to stay with it. So No big changes during this retrograde period because if, you know, if you change anything, it may cause you to have to go back later in the year and revisit it. So, 
you know, get very clear, especially with the Venus. If you meet somebody in this time period, just keep it casual, allow them to be your friend, try to really get to know them and connect. And then once Venus goes direct, maybe you can consider making it a little bit more serious. Just trying not to put a label on it, trying not to formally commit to anything. Let it, um, just let it kind of be and sit and really take your time with it. Once Venus goes direct, maybe you can make a bigger decision. And again, get clear, you know, if you don't want to get back together with your ex, put it in your mind. If Joe reaches out, I'm not going to pick up the phone. <laughs> I'm not going to text him back, like, because it happens. It really does happen. So be watching out for that energy. And I'm trying to think if there's anything else in regards to retrograde. Venus will direct in June and then Saturn and Jupiter will direct in September. During that time, Mars will retrograde and then direct in November. So we can really count on all of this retrograde energy ending at the end of the year. So I've been saying for a while that towards the end of the year, we should get a little bit of relief from these things, but it's, you know, it's going to be, um, a long couple of months and, if I haven't driven the point home, retrogrades are not the time to make big decisions. And on a global level, I think that it's kind of easy to imagine how this is going to play out, right? It's We're at a point where countries are starting to try to reopen. I know in the US, there are some states that are trying to open back up and it's truly not a good time to try to move forward with these types of things, okay? So I think that we're gonna try to move forward and then we're gonna end up going back and having to come back to what we've been doing. This is my own personal prediction. We'll see what ends up happening. I hope, I hope it's, you know, the universe is very clearly asking us to stay in and reflect. I think that it's a very important time in history for humanity to look at how we are interacting with other beings, how we are interacting as a species with one another even. And I think I really do feel that the universe is asking us to take a deep look at it. Try not to be in a rush to complete status, to complete, you know, gains, to complete these things that we've put so much importance on, which I know are totally necessary for the economy and other things. But I do very much get the sense that the universe is asking us to reflect on something deeper, like what connects us all, what life truly is about, and changing how we interact with one another and the things around us. And I think that if we try to move too fast through this process without really hearing the messages, the universe is just going to put us right back to where we were. So we'll see what happens with that, but we are all in this together, and if we don't have control of anything else, we always have control of how on how we treat one another, how we communicate with one another. And if all of us really seize that power, we can really create a world of difference. And before turning this off, I just want to give a shout out to all of the people who are working in this time. If you're in the health field, if you work at a grocery store, if you're a favorite delivery driver, God bless you. You've been my hero for these past few weeks. Social workers, nurses, um, I wish that I had every occupation here listed, but just know that if you're working during this time, so much love and respect to you and please stay safe.
If you would like to schedule a reading with me, you can email me at astrologynowpodcast at gmail.com. You can visit my website, innerknowing.yoga. Please follow my Instagram, astrologynow underscore podcast, and on Twitter, astrologynow underscore. Again, my name is Christina Rodriguez. This is Astrology Now. Thank you so much. Thank you.